This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Let's take a second to thank today's sponsor, Anchor. Anchor is by far the absolute easiest way to make a podcast. And when I say easy, I mean easy. First of all, it's completely free and there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit right from your phone or your computer. Best of all, with Anchor, you can add any songs from Spotify directly to your episodes. So the possibilities are endless on what you can create. Whether you want to create a music analysis, your own radio show, a deep dive on your favorite genre or artist, or something that the world's never heard before. Anchor will even help publish your show to Spotify so you can reach hundreds of millions of listeners. Oh, did I mention there's no copyright on the songs? Yeah, it's that easy. If you guys want to start a podcast that includes music, or you guys just want to start a podcast in general, get started by downloading the free Anchor app or going to anchor.fm. And if you need some inspiration, you can head over to blog.anchor.fm slash music from some more idea starters. Thank you so much, and let's get into the episode. Hey everyone, and welcome back to The Real Real Podcast with me, Natalie Barbu. Today's episode, I interview Julia Haber, who you guys may have heard of for founding a company called Wave. I feel like Wave is one of those new companies that kind of has been on the rise and appearing on everyone's social media feeds, and I am so, so honored to be interviewing Julia because she's someone that before I ever introduced myself to her, I always wanted to meet. She's young. She just graduated college last year, so same year as me, and she already has founded this company called Wave. It's basically a company that brings brands to college students through pop-ups, so that's a very, 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 very short summary of what it is. I'll let her actually get into explaining what it is, but I was so, so honored to be able to have her on my podcast just because I have heard of her in the past and I just thought it was so cool that she was so young and already founded this company. She has employees. They have a whole group of interns this summer and it was just really cool to sit down with her and talk to her and it's another friend to have in New York City. So she currently lives in New York City. She graduated from Syracuse University. Anyways, I also wanted to apologize because on this day that I was recording it, I had the most technical difficulties I have ever had. So I get to the office where we're about to record. I set up all my stuff. I'm so excited and my microphone just doesn't work. So my podcast mic just completely stopped working. I literally spent 30 minutes trying to fix it and I felt so bad because I was like, I know you are a very busy person and I just like wanted to have this be good quality. So we ended up having to record it just on my MacBook. So it's pretty poor quality quality audio. You can understand every word. It's just not as crisp as this normally is. So I do want to apologize for that, but it was just a conversation I wanted to have and I wanted to really interview her. So regardless, the show must go on. I still interviewed her and I'm still uploading this episode. I interviewed her like a month ago. So I'm so happy that this is finally going up. It is 
one of the last ones from my new york trip i interviewed like six people and this is one of the last ones that will be going up but i wanted to say first of all thank you to all of the kind kind reviews i literally read every single one we are almost at 400 reviews we're at 377 which is crazy so if you guys like this podcast if it brings you any value please go to the podcast app on itunes or on your iphone and rate it review it let me know what you think dm me that you guys reviewed it so i can personally thank you guys this review of the week is coming from chelsea and she says natalie you are such an inspiring lady you work so hard and are so authentic you can tell through your podcast slash youtube videos you come off more as a friend rather than a figurehead and that takes talent i hope your career skyrockets good luck that is so nice because that is literally what i want this podcast is not something that is the highest production value and it's not something where I am formally sitting down and interviewing someone. This podcast is a conversation and it's a conversation between people that I'm friends with and if I'm not friends with them, it's a conversation of people that I'm just now getting to know, but it's a conversation. It's not a formal sit-down interview. Like I want it to be like talking to a friend. I want it to be like you guys are included in the conversation. That has always been my goal for starting a podcast, so I am just so happy that that is apparent in this podcast, so I just wanted to say thank you so, so, so much for that, for the review, and for all of the other ones. I always like to highlight one just to really showcase how thankful I am and really let you guys know that I do read them and I am like deeply, deeply impacted. Podcasting, it's hard to get feedback from because there's not comments on individual episodes. It's not like you can like an individual episode. So it's really nice getting the feedback from you guys. And I'm so, so thankful for that every single day. But I don't want to ramble too long on this intro. I normally do. And I really just want to get into it. I want to hear, I want you guys to hear how Julia founded her company, what inspired her to, the struggles she goes to. It is just such a good episode and I cannot wait for you guys to hear it. So I'm excited, but let's get into the real, real podcast. Welcome to the real, real podcast with Natalie Barbu. Instagram might be your highlight reel, but we're here to talk about the real, real. Let's talk about styling hair because it is a whole production, especially when you are battling frizz. And take it from me, I live in Miami, Florida. It is about to be summer. I really know frizz, but honestly, I would rather be doing something else like booking a spontaneous vacation to St. Bart's or rewatching the Eras tour for like the third time. You know, the important stuff. But who actually has time for frizz? Introducing Way's new anti-frizz cream. It is like a superhero for your hair. It provides immediate frizz control that lasts up to 72 hours. I actually brought it on a trip with me and my friend borrowed it and she purchased it right then and there because it was that good. So how does this fit into my hair routine? It is the best thing I could have done for my hair. I am all about saving time and the anti-frizz cream does just that. Plus the Sydney inspired North Bondi scent is so amazing. You can thank bergamot, Italian lemon violet and more. And as someone who is always concerned about heat damage because I definitely use a lot of heat on my hair, this anti-frizz cream provides heat protection, which is such a big relief. And my hair feels so much lighter and looks smoother after using it. Get busy being frizz free with Way's new anti-frizz cream. It's not just about taming frizz. It also provides heat protection up to 400 50 degrees, reduces and repairs split ends, quenches dry hair with intense hydration, and according to a consumer perception study, 90% of participants agreed that their hair looked less frizzy after using it. I can definitely contest that. And while you're at it, check out Way's other bestsellers like the leave-in conditioner, which I also use, detox shampoo, fragrances, hair oils, and hair gloss. They're all essential for achieving that salon-worthy look at home. 
So you can first free up your schedule with Way. Go to T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and enter promo code RealReal for 15% off any product. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, promo code RealReal. Life doesn't happen bi-weekly, so why should payday? The money you earn can be in your hands today, as it should, with Earnin. Earnin is an app that is changing the game when it comes to getting paid. Imagine having access to the money you've earned as you work, not just waiting for payday. With Earnin, you can access up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Just download the Earnin app and verify your paycheck. Then access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. So think about it. The next time you're planning a special night out, you need a last minute gift for a loved one, or you face an unexpected expense, like maybe a trip to the vet. Earnin has you covered. For me, it's about having the flexibility to handle those surprise expenses that life throws my way. So whether it's unexpected bills or needing to cover rent when things are tight, Earnin gives me peace of mind knowing that I have access to my hard-earned cash when I need it most. Make Earnin a part of your financial routine and join Earnin's over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about Earnin, I think about financial stability, security. It gives me a lot of peace of mind. Download Earnin today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earnin app, type Real Real under podcast when you sign up. It really helps the show, so please don't forget that step. Real Real under podcast. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank. Subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Hi, Julia. Thanks for coming on my podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. I'm so excited to be recording this with you. You have been one of my top guests that I wanted to have on my podcast. So we are going to start with setting the record straight, which is just some assumptions or stereotypes that people have. And then based on your experiences, you'll say if they're true, if they're false, and what you think of it. So you need to make connections in college to start your own business post-grad. That's a hard one because I think it's a it's a yes, no. Mm -hmm. It depends on what kind of connections and how genuine they are. Yeah. So I would say yes, that would be my overarching answer with a caveat of the right kind of connection, yeah. not just anybody. Yeah. And you need to live in a big city to start a successful business. False. Yeah. For sure false. I think you do have more resources when you're in a big city, but I think everything's remote now that you can try and do totally. and fly around anywhere. Yeah. I feel like so much is now digital. Even when you do live in a big city, you take meetings through the phone. You take mm-hmm. meetings through Skype. You know, you, a yeah. lot of times it's not even like you're meeting in person right. as much anymore. Living in New York City, you make a lot of connections. True. 100%. Yeah. yeah. I'm so excited to move here. Like Almost it's, all for that reason. I mean, even just like there's so many opportunities to network, but also just meet word of mouth. It's yeah. So powerful. Totally. We're excited to have you here. I'm so excited to be here. And you have a lot of free time owning your own business. Time is at your own discretion, but the free time is not a real thing. I don't think they're, I literally mm-hmm. woke up at four o'clock today because oh there's not enough hours in the day, but yeah, we were just talking how I feel like I completely overbooked myself for New yeah. York. Because yes, you have, I guess, free time because you're making your own schedule. But once you start booking things, you realize you literally have no time. You have to wake up early, stay up late. Like it's so hard to even find time to eat. I was telling somebody, I think there should be like a plug-in on Google Calendar where it accounts for how long it's going to take you to travel between your yes. meetings so that you don't book something and try back and then the Upper East Side and whatever. Because totally. I always do that and I overbook 
my day without leaving room for yeah. transport. I've learned to literally block time off for everything on my Google Calendar. So I even have it on there for when I'm putting my makeup on. I'm like, okay, 30 minutes to get ready. And I have everything listed on there. You so have I have to like, do that. Yeah, I have a day-by-day calendar. And yeah. then I have like a overview calendar right. where it's more events or meetings. Right. And it's a game changer. I have an executive assistant and I have to like block those moments too so that she doesn't book something. Yeah. Because I'm like, this is the time I need to be putting mascara on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you need investors to start your own business. False. I started this business off of pitch competition funding that I won. So, yeah. no. So, tell us a little bit about yourself where you're from, where you went to school, major, all of that stuff. I am from Westchester, New York, so right outside Manhattan, but I basically grew up in the city because it's so close. It's like 20 minutes from the city. Um, and I went to the New House School at Syracuse studying communications. I started at um, started with fashion PR and then realized that I'm actually the worst writer in the whole world, so <laughs> I should probably be doing something creative. And I found this kind of like entrepreneurial bug on campus, and I created my own major. So I was an advertising major with an emphasis in new business development and entrepreneurship on a creative track. So design background, but more strategy and entrepreneurship. So did you, when you say you created your major, did you take classes that you wanted to take or did you not have to follow, I guess, a curriculum or? You do. I kind of hacked it because I realized Newhouse has very specific paths. So if you wanted to, if you want to be a creative in advertising, then they teacher curriculum for you to work in an advertising agency where you'll be doing creative development. And I knew I never wanted to do that. And I Mm -hmm. wanted to take my college career for what I wanted it to be and not just to fulfill a major. So I said, I want to take entrepreneurial classes, design classes, and also some technology stuff so that I could have kind of a combo of all those skills. That's awesome. That's so smart. See, so if you guys want to kind of create your own major, you totally can. Do it. Yeah. Just have to advocate for yourself and yeah. say, you know what, this is what I'm really passionate about. And most of the time, those people want you to do what you yeah. want. Yeah. No, that's so true. And when you first started college at Syracuse, what were your goals? What did you think you were going to do when you graduated? Yeah, I fully thought I was going to work in fashion PR at a fashion PR wow. firm. And I interned. I went to a really progressive high school, so I had like seven internships before I graduated high school. And a bunch of them were in fashion PR, and some I liked. And then I did an internship my junior or my freshman year summer, and I really did not love the fashion PR world. I liked technology and I thought fashion was interesting and brands were awesome but I didn't love the fashion industry I yeah was able to work in full-time so when you were going to college you thought that you were going to have a fashion PR job when did that shift to wanting to start your own business and did you know that when you graduated or did this kind of come like the summer after you graduated or so I interned at Spotify and Snapchat while I was in college my sophomore year Spotify and my junior year of Snapchat, and I thought I was going to work at Snapchat full-time. Um, and I came back to college, and I had done this kind of small-scale pop-up experience my freshman year with a bunch of student entrepreneurs, and it was funded by AT&T and Lululemon, and it went super well, and I had no idea literally what happened. So I was like, let me just go out and get some internships yeah. and a rounded experience. And I came back my senior year and one of my really good advisors, Mike, said to me, you don't have a choice. Like, this is something big that you don't even realize yet. And just take all the resources you possibly have on campus and just write a business plan and just try. 
and there's literally no harm in trying because you can always get a job. Yeah. It's not like you have like house and mortgage and taxes and kids when you're 23. So mm-hmm. I thought, you know, it was a good safety net, but I just went for it. Yeah. And did you, so Wave came from you first wanting to start a business and then you thought of Wave. It wasn't like a idea and then you turned it into a business. Idea then business. So okay. I had that really successful pop-up on campus where we had like over 85% of the campus come for this like small scale pop-up that I just dreamt up with my dad, my, yeah. you know, it was like parents weekend, my freshman year. And we saw this glass space in a highly trafficked area. And he said, let's do something here. I don't know what it would be. And mm-hmm. I loved entrepreneurs. So we basically said, let's make this a small scale pop-up. And from that concept of bringing experiences to campuses that don't have access to anything, it was kind of this big insight. And after interning in tech advertising and digital advertising, I realized that there were some holes in the market that I thought experiences and in-person relationships could solve and kind of married the two ideas together. And with a bunch of my friends, we sat down and wrote the business plan for Wave. That's awesome. Yeah. That's so cool, I think. And you're the sole business owner though, right? 100%. And how, what is Wave, I guess? Let's first tell people what exactly is Wave. So Wave is kind of this middleman brand that connects college students with companies that target the college demographic. And the way we do this is by providing experiences that are hyper-tailored and specifically designed for specific college campuses across the country. So we partner with schools usually in more remote areas and build out these full-scale experiences off of our knowledge of the campuses. And we partner with multiple brands and create this experience out of a trailer that we basically drop and deploy on those targeted campuses. Do you have one of those trailers, for example? Is that you take it from school to school or just each school you kind of then hire people in that area to build this thing for you? So we have a production team, contractors, designers, builders, that basically when we have a partnership with a brand, we'll say, what are your goals? What are your objectives? What are the kinds of students you're targeting? And then we look at our data and our connections to to the students as a consumer facing brand. So whenever you see a pop-up, it will say like powered by Wave or featuring Wave or whatever. Um, And we rely on the students to help direct us if that experience would be relevant to them. So right now we're building out a four school tour. We are deploying it on four specific college campuses off of the targeting that the brand wanted. Wow, that's yeah. really cool. And Wave is such a, I mean, you have to have multiple assets for it. Like you were saying, you have the trailer, you have a production team, you look at data. How did you first start hiring people, I guess? What was that first step? Because I feel like this type of company is one that you kind of need to hire people from the get-go. Yeah. So how was that process for you when you realized that who you needed to hire and how you went about doing that? I think this goes back to your first true and false. Do you need to know people in order to start a business or have connections in college? And I got connected at my Spotify internship when I was a sophomore in college to this experiential marketing company. And I always thought it was so cool. And I had literally no idea of kind of what experiential was. It was kind of up and coming at that point. Now it's very much known Mm -hmm. um, and invested in, but before it really wasn't that much. Um, And I got in contact with the founder of this experiential company and I started learning about it and thinking about marketing in that way in personal ways. Um, And I hadn't heard from him in a while and we kind of went our separate paths. 
And I got reconnected through five degrees of connection, of separation to this woman named Nicole, who actually has become one of my very good friends and mentors. And she runs um, a really big arm of this experiential company called Momentum. And she then connected me to a million and a half people. So when I graduated college, I took three months and sat down and had upwards of nine meetings a day with anybody and everybody so that I could pitch my idea, get their feedback, have them introduce me to somebody else and just bat around what I was thinking and slowly evolving into the business. And I've just found really great people to sort of surround myself by, but you seem, conversations with people. you seem like you're so good at networking. <laughs> how do you get the courage to talk to people or how do you, I guess not get the courage, but what are your steps for networking and meeting people? Because I feel like that's something that holds a lot of people back. They think I don't know anyone. So I, and not going to be successful. Yeah. So what are your best tips for just pitching yourself, emailing someone, finding that contact and reaching out? Yeah. I, I always say this because I come from a family where my dad is a, an attorney, not in any media industry. And my mom's a psychotherapist. So <laughs> I could not come from a less connected family in terms of the industry that I'm in. So that is a really hard excuse for me that I don't necessarily believe should hold you back. Um, but what I do think it all comes from like whatever story you're telling yourself in your brain, are they going to respond to me? What if they don't see it? I don't want to be rejected. And those are all valid, real feelings that you're able to have. But at the end of the day, if you don't take that risk, there's no, there's nothing you can gain. And the worst thing that happens, they don't respond. Then you go home with your life. That's happened to me plenty of times. But if you write a really like provocative, compelling email or DM on Instagram, you probably response do you dm a lot on uh, people i used to in the beginning and now i've said that in a couple interviews and i have literally 800 dms every day because i'm like (laughs) don't be afraid to dm me which don't be afraid to dm me but if i take too long to respond that's it's not that i don't want to but i used to write subject lines of emails being like this is the best email you'll receive all day really i would think see I feel like nowadays people aren't going towards super professionalism not saying you don't need to be professional because you 100% do but you can DM people for a job or a job opportunity, or you can email someone with that. Like this yeah. is the best email. It doesn't right. have to say a uh, wave pitch or yeah. wave meeting, whatever, something, I guess, less fun. <laughs> Get the call and then be professional. Like I think the way you can conduct yourself can be professional no matter how you do it. Exactly. You can write a really formal DM. You can message somebody on LinkedIn, but I think word of mouth is always the best like if you can have one or two degrees of separation Mm -hmm. even if you don't know you know the end goal is like somebody at halo top you want to talk to if you know somebody that may know somebody who may know somebody message that person and see if they'd be willing to because this deal that i just closed came because five degrees of separation so it's like just do it you've nothing to lose that's what i always tell people with everything like emailing someone starting something what is the worst that can happen? And it's normally not that bad. Like right. with emailing someone or DMing someone, the worst thing is they don't respond and they don't care about that's it. Their and loss. That's it. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, there's so many other people out there that you can message. And at the end of the day, they might see that eventually, or they might think, Oh, I remember reading this one day. Let me see mm-hmm. if they're still around. Yeah. So I feel like that's so important and what people are so scared of. And it's something that they, you shouldn't be afraid of. One of my good friends, she wanted to work at this major company that everybody knows, and it had always been her dream job. And she reached out to this woman on DM um, who runs the team, 
And she said, hi, like, would love to have an informational conversation about the company and your role, whatever. Girl never responded. Sent her an email, never responded. Two years later, she gets an email from her saying, hi, there's this job opening for this role. And I thought of you. And it's just like, you don't even know that you could be in the back of somebody's brain, even if they don't respond to the email. So there's nothing. Yes. I mean, I had a podcast also. I interviewed one of my friends who works here in New York and she works for a PR company and she got that job through Instagram DMs. She in DM them, hey, I live in New York. I'm look. This is what I can offer you, yeah. and showed her skills and said what she's good at and what she can provide. And even though there were no openings online for a job, she was like, if you're if you need someone, I'm this here. Is, yeah, and she got a job through that. Amazing. Yeah. So it, don't be afraid to tell people why they want to talk to you. And Not- also, I feel like when people DM, if you're DMing somebody. Don't just be like, can I ask you five questions? Yeah. Can I ask you something? Like, can I ask your opinion on something? Like, make it not only beneficial to you, but totally. beneficial to them. And I don't mean it like you need to pitch yourself and make yourself helpful, but like, don't make it so self centered sometimes. Totally. I mean, that's what I always say is, what can you do for them? Because people are busy and, and selfish. And selfish. Yeah. yeah. I mean, no one wants to take time out of their day to help someone that they don't know right. and they don't have any feelings towards right. just to help them. And I know right. that sounds mean, but it's true. It's People true. are busy and selfish, like you yeah. said. Yeah. And how is it being so young? You're only, what, 23? So yeah. being so young and in these meetings with all of these really well-established companies yeah. and people and, I mean, people that have had businesses for years or yeah. magazines like Forbes, how is that? So funny. I just had a meeting at CBS today. I That's was like, crazy. I need to wear heels because I'm <laughs> literally 5'3". And not that being short, there's anything wrong with being short, but mentally I'm like, I need to give myself a lift yeah. in these kinds of situations. And I'm a jeans, t-shirt, sneakers kind of girl. So it's it's all about the mental story you tell yeah. and walking into the room feeling like can contribute to the conversation. But at the end of the day, I was, I've been in meetings with very powerful people where I have potentially been scared to share my opinion about something and I woke up I don't know four, five months ago and I said I'm here to tell my perspective and it's my opinion and it's the story I'm painting and the picture I'm 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 sharing with everybody and if if they don't love it they don't love it but I need to stand by myself and that's yeah. what makes you different because if you're trying to please these executives you're not going to win like you're just going to be like everybody else do you sometimes feel like you have a not imposter syndrome, but feeling like, okay, I need to like act a certain way in this situation or be a different person. Not that I think that you should, but do you ever feel that way? I feel like I would be so nervous stepping into a meeting like that. And I would feel like, oh, I need to act like I have so much experience and I need to act like I'm 50 years old. (laughs) when really, I'm not. I'm 23. It was not even an age thing. It was more about how much I had accomplished walking into meetings with other people when I was so early. And I am still so early, but walking in feeling like I know that I am capable of pulling it off. I know I can, but I don't have 40 million case studies to share with brands in the same way that other people do. But if you believe the story I'm telling you and, and the angle I can bring to the table, that's all I can stand for. So I used to feel nervous about sharing how much experience I had when really experience is great, but figuring out how to make it happen and be a doer is good enough and just standing by that and yeah. having people believe in you and it doesn't they don't need to like look at data points to to do that 
Also, I feel like your confidence shows a lot. Like I can even tell sitting here in this room with you, you are so confident in Wave and what you're doing and in yourself. You know that you can get it done, which I think goes so a long way because if you're starting something and you're like, hmm, probably won't work or it might not work, why would anyone else believe in you? Mm-hmm. You have to believe in yourself. And I can see that even just from you talking about it. So I can imagine you in those meetings and people are probably like, yeah, she knows what she's doing. <laughs> just by the way you present yourself. Yeah. Do you ever feel like that when you walk into meetings or in your old job? Like, you have yeah. that feeling? Um, I feel like sometimes I think I'm, I don't know what they want of me. You know, I'm like, okay, well, what am I here to do? Or what if, what is my role in this meeting, for example? Or when I'm meeting with brands, I'm like, okay, I mean, I know that they see my videos, for example, but are they, what are they looking for? Are they looking for someone more professional or what, what do they want me to bring for them? So I, a lot of times try thinking, what do they want from me, which I think I need to learn and be just more myself no matter what, you know, like it doesn't matter what meeting I'm walking into. I need to just fully be myself, which is something that is overcome over years. So totally. Yeah. It's hard also because it's so competitive. Mm -hmm. Like every industry probably being an influencer it's so competitive totally. and stressful and a lot of work and it's hard to think about like okay well they could choose five other people and I'm the same thing they could yeah. choose 20 other people like what am I bringing to the table yeah but totally. yeah it's cool it's interesting and what have been some moments with wave that you've realized like this is a huge pivotal turning point or has there been any of those moments where you're like oh my god I can't believe that this just happened with it when Margot posted that video of the day in the life video, we literally had no idea what impact it would have. We just did it because we thought it'd be fun content. I've known Margot Lee for forever, like four years. We've become good friends and she's interning for me and we're doing a whole new video series. But that video has like 308,000 views on it. And it, it from that video drove so much traction, like thousands and thousands and thousands of students signed up for WAVE. That's and incredible. Just, we, that was a really big pivotal moment. I say to her, like, this wouldn't exist without her doing that video because it was just an opportunity to tell a story in a way that hadn't been done before and to have somebody that was so genuine and we have such a relationship that it just changed the game for sure. From the student side, I realized, yeah. I mean, brands always want to target college students, but I didn't realize that college students don't feel heard and don't have an opportunity to do things and they don't have a chance to unlock things and experiences and that was really important for me to hear. I feel, and that's how I found you also through that video. And I feel like when we're watching YouTube or we're on Instagram and following people, we don't realize how much of an impact those people make. And I think that's why so many brands are reaching out to influencers a lot more to work with them because it's very, it comes like what you were saying, very honest, very, I mean, you guys are actually friends. It was, mm-hmm. it wasn't like this big production and a commercial mm-hmm. that you did for a large right. company. Like it was just you and your friend and you sharing your story. And I also think a lot of companies now are looking f- for a way to share their story and they don't know how to, because they've been existing for so long and just putting out product, but no one knows like who the company is, what the company is. Right. So I think it's really cool that you started from the beginning sharing who you are and what you guys stand for and what you believe. It wasn't just like, oh, I am a brand and that's it. Like you really shared your story, which I think is what resonated with a lot of people. I am the demographic. Like I'm you no are, older yeah. than anybody else. I'm literally 23. I just wanted to do something and I wanted to make it happen. And I wanted to just inspire people to feel like they could do the same. And if I didn't have those people in my life before, then I probably wouldn't have done it either. So mm-hmm. I think it's important to, to do that and pay it forward. 
Yeah, totally. I think I also take that for granted sometimes growing up in a family where both my parents worked and my dad owns a business. And to me, it just always came natural. Like, oh, I want to own my own business one day. I want to study engineering, for example, which is what I did in school because both my parents did. Like, mm-hmm. there was no doubt in my mind that I couldn't do that because Were I had examples. supportive of that? Totally. Yeah. They were so supportive. They've always been, I mean, even with YouTube, which is very unconventional, my parents never have any issues with that. They fully supported me when I quit. They think it's really cool what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's, I take that for granted sometimes because I realize not everyone has parents like that. Not everyone has people in their life that show them that it's possible for them to do this. Because mm-hmm. I always did. I grew up with a dad that had his own business. Yeah. So for me, it was, it wasn't like, oh, owning your business is out of reach. Mm-hmm. So sustainable. Totally. So I think that having that, putting that out on YouTube, putting that out on social media and sharing with the world that a 23 year old can start her own business. And I think that's so cool. I also think it's the time we live in now. Like I always talk about the Shark Tank age, like, yes, Shark Tank has been around for 10 years, but it made people feel like you could start a business Mm -hmm. easily, which is not true. And I think having people like you who help showcase those who are trying is awesome and necessary. Yeah. And what are some big brands that you've worked with that I guess you're really proud of, or I know you're probably proud of every single brand you've worked with, but what names and brands that people have heard of, I guess. Yeah. Um, we've worked with Lululemon, AT&T, Rent the Runway, Refinery29. We have five big contracts coming up this year that I can't share, but are really cool brands that I think everybody's going to love. And the tour we're launching in September is going to be awesome. It's at Syracuse, Cornell, Babson, and Bentley. Um, and it'll be September to October. Um, so when that goes live, we'll tell you. Yeah, I'm so excited. I'm excited to see all of these in action, see college students going to them because I think it's so smart because you guys have a digital presence using social media, Instagram, all of that stuff, but you also have a physical presence when you go to those college campuses. So even if people haven't heard of you, just walking by, they'll see you stop by, pop in, hear you. So I think that's really, really, really cool. We're doing these pop-ups and then we're doing a whole digital side of the business too. So we're doing limited edition, limited inventory product collaborations with brands that everybody loves. And we'll sell them direct direct to consumer on our wave platform. We're also doing video series and a ton of other stuff. So if we're not physically on your campus, there's still a ton of ways to engage with us and have your voice heard and provide feedback on things that we're doing and our goal is always to be college student first. Even if a brand wants to do something, we'd walk away from a deal um, just if it didn't make sense for students. And if there are college students listening to uh, to this, which I know that there are, because a lot of my demographic is 18 to 25, how can they get involved with WAVE or how can they get WAVE to come to their school? Yeah, so we are currently rebuilding our website, but right now there's a section on our website that says get involved or join our crew. And if you just fill out the form, it'll put you into a database and we'll reach out to you or you're welcome to message us on LinkedIn at um, on, on Wave or on Instagram at Our Wave. Nice. Yeah. And another question, what were some of your fears when you started Wave or before you started it? And how did you overcome those or are you still always going through them? I used to be anxious about how to paint the picture of what Wave is because it's mm-hmm. kind of this hybrid between an agency, a platform, a brand, and a community. So if you literally mush them all together, that's what Wave is. And 
I used to pitch in these pitch competitions and my first ever pitch competition, I was from like 800 people, literally. I had never articulated what wave was and I memorized my whole spiel, like from slide one to slide 25. And I got up there and I literally forgot my name. Like, you know, and I have no problem speaking to anybody. I've spoken, like, I've spoken in front of my whole, like, you know, class in college and high school. Like, that was never an issue. But I get up there and I literally didn't know my name, didn't know what the business was, stood there for about 15 seconds without words coming out of my mouth. Oh my gosh, that's so scary. (laughs) It was, I celebrate that day every April 14th, whatever it is, because it's hilarious. After I sat in my room on the floor, downloaded Headspace and was crying because I was like trying to stay calm and meditate. And I couldn't. And it just was the most amazing experience to go through because you are human. Everybody's human. If you can't do it right now, you'll figure out a way to do it. I did nine pitch competitions after that and just totally refined it realize that I can't memorize anything and just be a human and yeah I got up there and I said listen guys I have no idea what just happened I don't think you know anything about my business but let me just start over and it was just such a good learning experience and that was a really big fear for me being able to like overcome that yeah talking point it's funny because I listened to do you listen to Superwomen by Mm -hmm. Rebecca Minkoff I listened to I think it was maybe with Brooklyn Decker but I'm not sure where she was saying how it's good to fail early on in your business when there's not that much pressure because you learn so much. Like that day, like you were saying, you celebrate that every year. You learn so much, but it's not like you have so much, I guess, so much pressure on it because you're just starting out. So little eyeballs. So a lot of, yeah, a lot of people view that as a setback and a lot of people can say like, oh, I should never do this again. Like I'm never going to go to another pitch competition, but no, instead you learn from it and you actually refined it and got totally. a lot better. Yeah. And lastly, what is your advice that you would tell someone who is in college right now and wants to start their own business, but just honestly has no idea how? I always think about what did I actually do first? Like what was the literal first thing I did when mm-hmm. I sat down and was like, I have this thought about what yeah. I can do. And I think I just talked to everybody, like literally everybody and anybody I could and tried to get, everybody's perspectives and opinions and thoughts. And I didn't like, I didn't write a business plan immediately. It was, I'm not like my brain doesn't work like that. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to do something where I could just gather a lot of data points and a lot of information, and a lot of perspective from people who have seen it, done it, live it and wrote all of it down and kind of weeded it out and took the best and the worst and took everything with a grain of salt and I started to think about what I wanted out of it. And once I started to define what like the core values and the pillars and what was important to me, then I could start to say, okay, well, there is a building arm. So I probably need to get a designer and a contractor and a builder and there's a brand side. So maybe I should hire my friend who does branding for, for, you know, glamor and she can do my brand guidelines and there's a social component. I'm not that great at Instagram. So how can I like, once you pillar all that out, you can create an actionable list mm-hmm. and think about where your skills are and where they're not and find help in areas that you can't. Yeah. I think that's such good advice. And I have really loved having you on this podcast. Thank you for having me. Love being here. Yeah. Thank you so much. I mean, your story is so incredible. You're not only are you fresh out of college, which so many people that listen to this are, but you're creating something that's so cool. And you're not afraid to sit in rooms with people that have been around for 20 plus years. So I think that's really incredible, really inspiring. And I'm 
honored that you are on my podcast. Thank you. I'm blushing. I'm honored to be here. <laughs> and if you want to plug anything, if they should follow you, follow Wave, you can. Yeah. Feel free to follow Wave. It's our Wave on Instagram. And my Instagram is just Julia Haber. So feel free to DM me if you need help or ideas about anything. Or if you want to be involved, we love all college students and others um, if you're interested. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Thanks. That was it for today's episode with Julia. I really hope that you guys enjoyed it. And I know the audio was not the greatest, but you could definitely understand it still. And I felt like the quality of the content like what she was saying was too good to ask for a redo or to not upload this just because of the quality and anyways i am all about just putting out content because you don't have to appear perfect like i mean this goes for anything an instagram photo a video i am not here for perfection i am here to show you guys me myself that's what i'm here for it's not i'm not a audio expert i guess if there are such things but yeah no I'm not one of those people so I know that the content that I was putting out was good even if like the sound quality wasn't the best it provided value for someone I hope at least it provided value for me I learned a lot from the conversation so I really hope that you guys enjoyed the episode with Julia if you guys want to follow her I'm going to have all of her social links in the show notes below and thank you guys so much for watching please be sure to review this podcast join the private facebook group because you are missing out on so much additional content on there there are almost a thousand of you if not a thousand of you already in that facebook group i have to double check but be sure to join that follow us on instagram and i will see you guys next week in the next episode of the real real podcast Hey, my name is Lovon Rumpf, and I've been working my ass off as a celebrity stylist by day and a podcast host by night. At the Low Life Podcast, it's all about keeping it real. We're talking fashion, beauty, to religion, sex, drugs, mental health. I mean, there's no topic off limits here, and vulnerability is mandatory. You can find my podcast, The Low Life, that's L-O, no W, everywhere and anywhere you listen to your podcasts. New episodes are out every Thursday. We'll see you then.